0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com
1: awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And Erio's production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single, can someone help have- he could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I- Well, hello friends. Thank you so much for joining me for the last catch-up session. Today we're going to hear from Hannah, who's been a guest a couple times here and there. She's going to fill us in on the birth of her baby boy. And then we're going to talk to my friend Maria, who's a postpartum doula. And no, she's never actually been on the show before, so technically it's not a catch-up session. But I had some questions that needed answering, so I hit her up. Next week, we're going to start season four, Pregnancy. For now, it's time to thank my latest patrons. Okay, no new patrons, but Amy A. raised her pledge, so thank you, Amy. If you're not a Patreon subscriber yet, go for it. There's lots of exclusive content on there that you can read, watch, and listen to. You can also support the podcast by sending money to molly-hockey on Venmo, and by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Oh, here's another way you can support the podcast. Go to vote.org and make sure you're registered to vote. Thank you. So this week has been pretty uneventful. No appointments or ultrasounds to update you on this week. It was pretty low-key, and thank goodness it was because I'm sleeping terribly and I have zero energy. I can say that my heartburn is a little bit less, which is good So, you know, I shouldn't have eaten that enormous everything bagel with lax and cream cheese on it that took me out for about five hours. But other than that, if I'm chill and I don't go nuts on the food, I'm pretty good most days. Hmm, what else? Well, there is one small thing that terrified me this week. But you have to promise not to tell anyone because it's so embarrassing. I feel really really weird about it. Okay, ready? Well, first of all, let me just say, I'm telling you this for education's sake, in case any of you are ever in this circumstance in the future. I'm just, you know, it shouldn't be so shameful, but it is. So I masturbated last night. (laughs) And at the end, I noticed the tiniest amount of blood. Like, tiny. And here's what's mortifying about it. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. Um, I, I I, don't know if the blood came from inside me or if it was maybe in my spit because I had had a nosebleed about 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So anyway, not only am I mortified, but I, I was terrified that um, I had done something. Evil by touching myself, and that I had um, put my pregnancy at risk for miscarriage. I I got up this morning and I emailed my doctor, and that was fucking torture. The midwife in the office responded to me, and she wrote, No need to be embarrassed. It's possible that it was just a small amount of broken blood vessels from your cervix. That is very common in pregnancy, as you have a lot more blood flow. It's also why you get more nosebleeds. I'd say you don't need to come in unless the bleeding continues and or increases. Take care. Whew. Well, that was a relief. And no, there was no blood immediately after that, and there has been no blood since... But I just thought maybe I needed to go and have my cervix looked at or something. I don't know. Anyway, everything is okay. I think. I think. I hope. I'm never masturbating again, though, that's for sure. Now what do we talk about? Oh, God. Oh, okay, here's a thing that happened. This week, I emailed Dr. Kalen's office where I have four abnormal embryos frozen from my, my IVF last year. And I got the documents to release those embryos and donate them to, I hate you, hopefully, science, I guess. But anyway, I, I filled out all those forms and um, said goodbye to those abnormal embryos. I think, you know, there's no reason to be attached to them, but there's just a weird attachment. I also called the sperm bank up in Seattle and asked for some information about my donor because he's not on the website anymore, but I was thinking maybe I should buy another vial in case, you know, I want to have siblings down the road. And they said he's not on the website anymore because he's only available to families who've, you know, had a baby through him, which includes me. But that also means that he might have hit his family limit, which is crazy because I think it's like 25. I don't know. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I did not buy a vial because they said he's got another round of stuff coming up in a couple months, and I thought, I'll just buy it then. And the last thing that's new is that I did talk to a midwife practice in Westchester County, and I really liked them, and the woman spoke on the phone with me for 25 minutes about everything that goes down and what they do and their relationship with the hospital, and I'll get into more of that next week, but I'm really looking forward to meeting them and I think, yeah, I think I have my my people when I move there I also looked into New York insurance Kind of sucks, but I'll figure it out And I think that's it for my updates Now it's time to hear about my baby and my body I'm 14 weeks and two days That means I'm in my second trimester Can you believe it? After all this time, I'm already a third of the way through pregnancy Week 14. Beginning in the second trimester fetuses, like the children they'll eventually become, start growing at different paces, some faster than others, some more slowly. Despite the differences in growth rates, all babies follow the same developmental path in utero. This week, that path is leading your baby, who is about the size of your clenched fist, wow, toward a straighter position as the neck gets longer and the head more erect, And on top of that cute little head, your baby might actually be sprouting some hair. Eyebrow hair is also filling in about now. Probably not, I have barely up eyebrows and I'm 42. As is body hair called lanugo. This downy coating of hair is there to keep your baby warm for now like a furry blanket. As baby fat accumulates later on in your pregnancy, most of that hair will be shed. Though some babies, especially those born early, still have a temporary fuzzy coating at delivery cute! I don't mind a hairy baby. According to the bump, my baby is the size of a peach measuring measuring 3.4 inches and weighing in at 1.5 ounces. Baby has almost doubled in weight in the last week or so and keeps on growing at super speed at week 14. Baby is beginning to make facial expressions now and can use facial muscles. And now for my buddy... Now that your uterus has shifted above your pelvic region and into your abdomen, your mini bump might start showing if it hasn't already. I'm not sure about the whole bump thing, but I do feel like if I'm lying down, I can feel my uterus above my pelvic bone. Your pregnant belly may feel sore and achy. Oh yeah, that's true. Sore and achy simply because your uterus is expanding to accommodate your incredible, growing baby. My uterus has felt sore and achy, and I thought it was... I was blaming myself for doing this workout that involved abs. Oh my gosh. As your uterus grows, the supporting ligaments stretch to make room for the added baby weight. When the weight pulls on the ligaments, Some moms experience round ligament pain Sharp pains or aches on one or both sides of your abdomen Oh my gosh, this is such a relief to hear (laughs) With most women, morning sickness goes away in the second trimester Celebrate the return of your appetite with small balanced meals To keep up energy levels And I think that's about it for now Very exciting, that baby is large And now it's time to move on to our interview with Hannah So we first talked to Hannah on July 30th, 2019 You remember her because we were sitting in the car outside of Dr. Kalen's office She was also a patient of his and she was right in the middle of IVF The second time we talked to Hannah was when she was pregnant And now we're going to talk to her now that she's had her baby Who's now three months old and super, super, super cute By the way, Hannah, I have zero memories, so all of this is going to be new to me, even though you've told it to me before.
2: (laughs) Everything you say, I'm going to go, oh, yeah. (laughs) So I was 39 weeks. Yes. Like, exactly. Exactly. And my best friend's dad is a um, retired OB. Mm-hmm. So he had been checking in on me and he was like, hey, you probably don't want to go like too far past your due date. And, you know, everyone says something different, whatever. But he was like, by the way, in the next couple weeks, if you ever don't feel anything for more than half a day, call your doctor. And especially because like this baby was extreme. I mean, he moved all the time mm. and they say like, Oh, the babies move a little less as they get bigger. But like, he still was moving constantly. It was so hard. Cause I was like doing zoom meetings and stuff. <sighs> and I'm sure even like when I talked to you, like, and he would just kick me like in the pelvis, it was not fun. Oh. So, it was like kind of hot day and i went for a walk with some friends and i kind of like been conscious of the fact that i hadn't really felt him Mm. and then i felt hot and it had been like i think i maybe felt him in the morning and it had been it was like the afternoon Mm -hmm. almost evening and i came home from this walk and it kind of hit me like all right he really hasn't been moving like it just you know i want to make sure everything's okay and Steve is usually the one to be like, oh, everything's fine. But I was like, he hasn't been moving. He's like, let's call the doctor. And I was like, okay. But did you try eating like something sugary? Yes. I had actually had something sugary like on that walk.
1: Mm, okay, to
2: Starbucks.
1: Oh, that um, sounds good. It yeah, was well, good. I mean, I don't drink. I don't drink. I stay far away from that stuff. <laughs> I would never Never. say corporation how dare you Hannah (laughs) I know but it was so
2: convenient it's been so convenient during quarantine because I can just type it into my phone oh my god (laughs) so the doctor was like listen I'm sure everything is fine but go to the hospital just get a monitor on you like it's just gonna make you feel better and she's like I'm sure you'll step off the elevator and he'll start moving again but just do it for your peace of mind she's like because if you stay home you're gonna go crazy and Mm -hmm. I was like great Let's Mm. go. So we went to the hospital and sure enough, like as soon as they hooked up the monitors, he started moving. The heartbeat was fine. Everything was fine. So we were relieved, but they take your blood pressure, you know, during this time. And it was a little bit raised. And so my doctor came over like on his way out and he was like, this is high blood pressure. It wasn't like preeclampsia high, but it was on the higher side. He's like, I want to keep looking at it for the next um, hour. And I actually had an appointment with him scheduled for the next day Mm. at eleven. But he was like, let's keep looking at it, and then, you know, I'll have the nurses call me, and I'll talk to you, and we'll figure out what to do. He's like, because you are 39 weeks, and if it's this high, we should get the baby out. Mm -hmm. And look, like, I had had a long talk with my friend who's a doula, and, you know, there's all this stuff about, like, don't do interventions, and... C-sections, Pitocin, whatever. And, like, I've always had no expectations for what the birth was going to be. I just was, like, and I had said to him, you know, my birth plan is get baby out safe. Keep me healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and if I can, I want an epidural. Mm-hmm. Like, that was all the things that were important to me. so. We stayed, and an hour later, like they'd taken my blood pressure four times, it never went down, huh. and I was feeling really calm because I knew the baby was okay. Yeah, so it was like, all right, something's up. So he called me, and he was like, "Listen, I think we should induce tonight. Like, you're not leaving the hospital." And I was kind of like, "Well, what if I tried to like do the things my doula friend told me?" And I was like, "Well, what if I go home?" Is that? And he's like, "Hannah, okay. it's malpractice if I send you home right Uh-oh. now." He's like. I'm trying to like gently coerce you, but like you no, know, you have to stay. He's <laughs> like, I can't, I can't tell you to go home. Yeah. So we got the pitocin. Steve like went home and got our stuff. Yeah. Called our friends. We're like, take care of the cat. <laughs> and, and luckily, like we, I had a bag packed, and so um, I got my COVID test. Super fun. Cool. Up the nose. Yep. So then, when they did like the rapid test, so once that came back um, negative, then they put me into labor and delivery. Okay. And then they started and Steve to put me too. In. No. So they only have this. They only had enough tests for one of us. Okay. But the assumption was like, <laughs> yeah, you're close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like no way that he could have or I could have it, and he wouldn't. Yeah. or Vice versa. So, but we still like wore our masks um, whenever anyone else is in the room, and they obviously, of course, all wear masks. So then we, like, got moved into the labor room, got put on Pitocin. Like, honestly, it was a pretty chill night. And, you know, I could not – like, contractions were just barely starting. So I really did get to sleep. Honestly, like, the hardest thing that was um, was my blood pressure being taken every hour. So, like, every hour I'd have to straighten my arm. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. As the thing would fill up. The doctor came in the next morning, and he examined me. And I was, like, one centimeter. And he was like, all right, we got to – Move this forward so I'm gonna break your water. Right. Yeah. So like a little sticker thing. I never even saw it, but it was um, not a pleasant experience.
1: Was it like a knitting needle, something like that? It didn't yeah, seem I, I, mean, I, like I actually
2: didn't see it. it, but yes, it was like a little needle. Okay.
1: Hmm. It's called the amniotic hook or amni hook or amnicot. That's different though. Well, I'm not going to get into that right now. This long crochet-like hook is used in the early stages of delivery to break your water if it hasn't already ruptured on its own. This procedure is not always indicated, but can speed up labor. Okay, more on that in future episodes.
2: And he sticks it up. It, honestly, like his hand going up there was the most like painful part of it. Oh, my God. And I was just like grabbing onto Steve. So <sighs> the water breaks and he's like, all right, within the next 24 hours, like this baby is coming. This will speed up labor. And I do start to, like, actually feel it. Then I got overheated and I threw up. And, like, this is where it started getting really fun. (laughs) And then my husband, who, like, loves to know everything about the human body. He loves science. Like, every single doctor's appointment he had a million questions to ask. Yes. So he was like, "Uh, is it okay if I – because the water continues to, like, gush out. And I'm just, like, sitting in the bed and every so often it's just like, whoosh. Right. push and he's like
1: hey can I see yeah well so I mean I would want like, to look
2: too yeah <laughs> so he like peeks under and he's like um this does not look like fluid this looks like blood and not just like you know of course there is blood that comes out with the fluid but it was like chunks okay we called in our nurse and the nurses were like you know some were great some were not so great we had loved our evening nurse uh. and this one like, she was really hard to communicate with, and we asked, We're like, Can your supervisor come in? And she came in, and we're like, Yeah, we're kind of worried because there's like gushes of blood, it's not just the fluid. And the uh, the nurse was like, Said to the supervisor, She's like, Well, I told them it was okay. And we're like, You 100% didn't say that to us at right. all. And so, Steve was like my advocate, and he was like, Hey, can we get another nurse? Mm,
1: good.
0: And so,
2: We switched her out. The other nurse came in and she saw the blood and she was like, I want to call your doctor. Yes. She's like, I think he should see this. I was like, thank you. Yes. So doctor comes back. He's like, this is a lot of blood. I'm not like concerned for your life, but let me examine you again. I still had not like a few hours had passed. I still was one centimeter. Mm. And he now felt the baby's hand was on his head.
1: The baby's hand was on the doctor's head?
2: (laughs) (laughs) The baby's (laughs) hand was on his head. So it was like making it harder for him to... Out
1: the hands were way. the arms were not in the right position. Yeah, they need to be like, down. It kind should of by. just
2: be head exactly
1: uh, down by their side or
2: yeah or Which, boxing you know, out. Now I've <laughs> talked to people who are like someone was like that's how my baby was born and I'm oh. like oh, all right uh, ah, I don't know. all right <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: I'm so excited because I just looked up birth positions and it's called fetal presentation and there's so much to learn about.
2: I can't wait to go through all this stuff in future episodes. So he was like, I'm gonna try to move it he tried to move the hand yeah he tried to like he's like i'm literally gonna pinch his hand and see if he'll pull it back <laughs> oh my gosh with it with <laughs> with pincers? his fingers with his
1: fingers he can reach in that far
2: girl oh, oh that was the other thing is he no. had also like pulled back like the baby had like instead of going further down the canal uh-huh. he had come back up uh, so at that point and it was just like it was just super uncomfortable yeah but i'm you know certainly there's worse labor pains than what yeah. i through. and then he was like He's like, one option is we go have a C-section. Uh-huh. No. He's like, the other option is we continue to labor, and then you're going to end up having a C-section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, part of me felt like, I feel like this is, like, the quote-unquote horror story that everyone tells of, like, you know, you don't want to end up, you get Pitocin, you're going to have a C-section. Yeah. But I just didn't really care. Right. That's honest. awesome. I was, just like, I was like, all right, then well, let's do it now. Like, I don't need to labor for another however many hours and like create and now the, you know the my water's broken like there's potential for a dangerous situation i was like let's do it yeah she's so like great so they stopped the pitocin i stopped having cramps we had an hour to kind of chill out and be like oh my god we're gonna be parents <laughs> 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 and
1: then so so you have to go under 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 for c-section no so it's just uh.
2: like they go in the back it's actually the same way i think they do an epidural oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. so they numb you from the shoulders down yep and then so I was just kind of sitting there, and like then Steve gets to come in, and you know it's cra- he kept like peeking over to mm-hmm. see it. He saw them like suck that baby out, and out he came, and I mean, like uh, it was crazy because I was like numb. And then it was just like, "What? There's a
1: baby? <laughs> Did they bring him right around to uh, around the curtain? They pull him
2: down da- like they pull the curtain down first to just show you. mm-hmm. And then, like, it's different with the C-section. Obviously, like, when they're born through the vagina, they just go straight onto your chest. Mm -hmm. But this, um, forgive me, because I'm sure I'm telling some of this wrong. Like, and I remember Steve kind of followed the baby around during this point. So they, like, put the stuff on his eyes. They give him a little shot in his um, thigh. But they do all that. They cleaned him up. And then once he was, like, wrapped, then they brought him to me. And they kind of just, like, lay you on the chest. And they're, like, ready with... They're like, you know, give us your camera. We'll be ready to take a picture. Like, I think the anesthesiologist took the picture. (laughs) And then Steve goes with the baby. They closed me up. We, like, met back at the room. And then once they brought me in the room, then it was like, all right, you know, now it's skin to skin. Uh So it wasn't like, luckily, they closed me up really quickly. So it wasn't like that long before I got that. Yeah. And that's when I was like, whoa.
1: That's great
2: yeah yeah and then it just begins of like all of a sudden i mean it feels like such a blur you're trying to feed him yeah um that was a whole to do <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah because like i had had a breast reduction i forgot about all this damn yeah my goldfish thought, brain like I had seen that I was getting some colostrum before it started, so I was like, I'm good, I'm good to go.
0: Mm.
2: The colostrum's so little, and like you watch all the videos about breastfeeding, but there is just nothing to compare, like I thought I felt so prepared. Yeah. And then it's like there's this animal who's like <laughs> 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 You're like trying to shove your boob in his mouth, and it's crazy. Yeah. So like I don't even remember if he ate anything that first time. Um, And there's very little they need to eat. However, because he was big, and he wasn't that big. He was eight pounds, six ounces. But they're like, we have to take his sugar, and his sugar ended up being low. And they're Mm -hmm. like, so now that it's low, we're going to take it every few hours. He has to have three, like, good measurements in a row. And if he doesn't, then he goes to the NICU.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: So it was, like, panic. And they're like, if you want to make sure his sugar is the right level, here's some formula. And we were like, Done. Yeah. So I couldn't move at all because I was, you know, still, I like didn't have feelings in my um, feet until the end of that day. So Steve is kind of like, you know, running around. And it, for someone who had never, like, he had never held an infant before and yeah. he's like swaddling, he's diapering. Oh my gosh. It, Cause it's just like, all of a sudden, like you, it's, You in the room with the baby. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) And we were, like, spoon-feeding him because we didn't want to have him suck from a nipple in a bottle yet. Because
1: that would get him, like, too.
2: We were worried about, like, the nipple confusion. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to breastfeed. And then, like, at some point, we were there for... Including the first day, we were there for about three days. And the struggle of breastfeeding was, like, very real. Oh. Yeah. My recovery... Other than, like, one night I had some really bad gas and a nurse, like, came and just walked me around because it was so – like, that was probably the most painful. Ouch. Ow. But everything else was, you know, like, I I didn't feel – maybe I blocked the pain from my memory. But, like, the main struggle of the time in the hospital was, like, making sure he was fed – and working on the breastfeeding and it was so hard to get him to latch. And the first lactation consultant came in and it was like 6 a.m. And I remember she looked at me and she was like, hey, I'm the lactation consultant. And I was like, oh, hi. And she was like, I think you need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, listen, I'm going to take the baby mm-hmm. and we're going to give you some time to sleep. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know who she was. I had never she met her before. She just took your I baby. was just like, take him out of the room. That's uh-huh. fine. Oh, because the other thing was like, oh, now you need to and I had never heard this before. You need to feed him every three hours mm-hmm. until like until he gets back to his birth weight. Right. So, I mean, this is like, you know, a few weeks and it starts from the time he starts to eat until like that's the clock. Ticking right. So if the it takes him hours. two hours
1: to eat, you got to wake him st- at three hours regardless.
2: Yep. Oh, my God. So, once we started doing that, like, we just kept setting alarms, and that's where you just get delirious. Yeah. So, I really appreciated that that um, nurse or lactation consultant was like, I'm not even going to worry about this right now. Like, I'm just going to get yeah. you to sleep. We had another one come in, and she showed me, like, the football hold, and we got him to latch, and it went great. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then we get home, and or even, I think, that afternoon, like, it just wasn't Was working. your milk coming? No, so that was the other thing is, like, I never got to the point where I was, like, engorged. Right. And when people talk about, like, oh, you squeeze it and it shoots out. And it was like, hell no. Yeah. it was nowhere near that. Yeah. I felt a lot of pressure. It was really, really tough. The Lactation consultant didn't want us to use formula at all. Uh And we were like, well, we're not letting this kid go to the NICU, so we're going to use the formula. Right. I had a nurse, like, literally milking me like sitting next to me squeezing my breasts no. to get like anything out of it into a teaspoon a little plastic spoon <sighs> so she would like get a few drops carry it over to steve steve the, <laughs> the milk in freddy's mouth it was like so insane i think even then we like started to notice like fun things about his personality <sighs> you know just that it was so cute that like when he would sleep he'd be like Oh. And you just like really start to fall in love. Yeah. But for some reason all I can remember is how nightmarish the breastfeeding
1: Yeah. Was. Yeah. There's so many expectations and I feel like if you don't have this vision for yourself, then who cares? You know, yeah. like like for me I'd really like to try to have a vaginal birth, but mm-hmm. if I didn't care, well, I care. Yeah. yeah. I really want to breastfeed, but if it but if I'm not super attached to that idea, then why, why fuck with me, everyone?
2: <laughs> I don't think I realized how attached I was to it right. until it happened, until it yeah. wasn't happening for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was
2: like, we actually left the hospital a night early because I was feeling so much pressure Yeah, about the breastfeeding. And my, my doctor, you know, came in every morning to check on me and he kind of knew that I was struggling with it. And he was like, my son You know, was raised on formula, and he's, he's like, not great at math, but other than that, he's normal. (laughs) And he was like, you know, do what you got to do. And he was like, don't let anyone pressure you into anything.
1: But how did it feel emotionally? Yeah. Did it feel like, was it just the pressure that bothered you, or was there a pressure from yourself that was?
2: Pressure from myself, too. Yeah. I felt like such a failure. Especially when it's, like... This little creature and, you know, I had been like feeling his little butt Mm -hmm. push up against my stomach Mm -hmm. for so long. Mm -hmm. And it was always on one side and it was just Mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, this butt is now a little boy and (sighs) he is crying out for food (sighs) and I need to stop him from going to the NICU because I cannot handle that. And, like, sure, I'll let the lactation consultant take my baby for an hour so I can sleep. But, like, no, I cannot lose my child to the NICU. Right. Even though, of course, like, he would be fine. This would yeah. not be, like, the worst case scenario. But I just, you know, after going through everything to get this child, I'm like, do not fucking take him away from me. Right, right, right. Well,
1: so, and, the, uh, yeah. and, and and the lactation consultant was just concerned that they the baby would get too attached to formula?
2: That was the implication. Mm-hmm. And I have another friend whose child did go to the NICU, like, Mm -hmm. a couple weeks after ours, because he wasn't getting enough
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: from the breast. So, in retrospect, like, I'm very glad we gave him the formula.
1: Yeah. Well, and if this happened back in the olden days, there'd be, like, a wet nurse who would be nursing Mm -hmm. your baby. It's, like, (laughs) it's not not a thing that, like, this has always existed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd, it'd be great
2: if it all just worked perfectly, but... I mean, I was, like, shoving my boob into my child's mouth. Like, it was hor- – I felt horrible. Yeah. And he was just, like, ah. <laughs> and he's starving. Yeah. So we get back, and I was, like, let's uh, – someone had told me about the pumping station. Right. And I was, like, let's set up a remote um, meeting with one of the lactation consultants. And then and we got home on, like, a Saturday night, so I think I couldn't have the appointment till Monday. Mm-hmm. And I was getting so nervous – as we continued over those few days, like we kept feeding him formula with a spoon. It was like mm. so tedious and yeah. hard. Yeah. And we're still waking up every three hours. Yeah. And we have the lactation consultant meeting, and I'm so nervous. I'm like, God, she's going to make me feel so crappy that this hasn't gone well. And I start, in the meantime, like I've started pumping. So we get online with the lactation consultant, and it's like, Steve is holding my phone to like ho- as a camera up to my boob. Well, then I have the computer up and I'm talking to her. She was so wonderful and uh. so supportive. And she was like, I'm going to give you things that you can do even to the point of like creating, um, what's it called? Uh, oh, I don't know the name. You know, when you like put a straw and gas and then you, and like it comes uh, out siphon. Yes. A siphon. She's like, even to that point where it was like creating a siphon with formula to like get him to get used to my breast. Uh-huh. to using um one of those nipple shields because right. mm-hmm. we didn't think he would you know to get his latch better like mm-hmm. all these different options and she was like I'm gonna give you all these things but like when you reach the point where you can't do them she's mm-hmm. like that's okay mm-hmm. it's more important that you have a good relationship with your child and that you like if you're stressed out about this, like he's gonna be stressed out. You can always do skin to skin at any time. It doesn't have to be breastfeeding.
3: Yeah
2: and She's like, you need to be there for him and like be in a good place and not be stressing out. So she's like, try these things, but if they don't work, it's okay. And that was so helpful to hear. And one of the things was it's called a triple feed, triple feed, double feed. Oh God, Molly, I'm so tired. So (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, I would try to feed him and if it worked then great. And if it didn't work, then I would feed him from the bottle. And she told me to get a specific kind of bottle and we did. Have him take an ounce and then try again. And then if it worked, great. If not, move along, finish the bottle, and then pump. So now I'm pumping every three hours. So Ugh. there's just no like sleep is not no happening wow. at all. Wow. And she even said like during the night feedings, don't don't oh, do the pumping. Okay. Yeah.
1: And did your milk come down for the
2: pumping, really? Barely. Yeah. So I think I did, like, I had set a time. I was like, all right, I'm going to do a month and, like, see what happens. Yeah. Because I was convinced, like, once I get my milk finally going, like, he's going to be like, oh, this nipple has so much milk. I don't have to worry about, you know, I don't have to work so hard. Mm -hmm. Because, like, obviously he was choosing the bottle over my breast. Mm -hmm. So then um, I think it was, like, two weeks. And I was just exhausted. I was, like, crying constantly. And I had this, like bottle that I kept my milk in in the fridge and I would give him like at the end of the day the breast milk and there was one day where it was like I think I had an ounce from a whole day of pumping Mm. and I was like what am I doing yeah and so I stopped yeah and never looked back good that's not true I cried (laughs) so much (laughs) I cried so much I felt horrible about it (laughs) but Aww. now like and i'm actually i'm so glad and he's growing just fine and he got back to his birth weight real quick and honestly it's great because i don't do all the feedings i can share that responsibility yeah yep. <laughs> that's great that's great and he sleeps through the night and that's has wild. And like, how old is he now he's 3 months tomorrow oh pretty i can't believe it <laughs> i can't believe it i mean and like oh there's one thing, like okay, when he's put on you and it's skin to skin, but whatever. The first time he smiled at me, like the real smile, <laughs> and it's like every morning, like going to get him up out of his bed. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Oh, we oh. moved him to his own room. Uh huh. Good. People will judge you for anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a good decision. He was sleeping eleven hours, and we're like, he's sleeping fine. We're not. Right. So we react to every single movement, so you know we've got the monitor and great. Good for you.
1: It's You're crazy. doing a great job, and he is the he's cutest. Cute. He's so cute.
2: So <laughs> cute. We're always like, is he just cute to us because he's our baby? And I'm like, no, he's like legit cute. <laughs> hey, he's so cute. I've seen that smile.
3: Oh so my cute. god,
2: it's the best. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad everything's good now.
2: I mean, know, he's a nice light in uh, this craziness.
1: <sighs> yeah.
2: Alrighty,
3: I'm gonna (sighs)
1: maybe, I think I'm gonna no, am I gonna go to bed? No!
3: I'm gonna go to bed. You are?
1: Okay. Fuck yeah. It's 9.50.
2: Great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And pray to God he doesn't wake up at 3 this morning. Yeah. Alright, Mom. Thanks, babe. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm I'm not gonna get to see you before you go. Well, I'll
1: see you outside sometime. Okay. It's going to be, like, end of October, early November,
2: so okay, good. it's fine. I'll see you outside when this... Smoke is crazy. cleared. Oh, my God. We started... We were going to go for a walk today, and I, like, opened the door. We were... He uh, was in the cutest little outfit. We were going to go walk to Starbucks, and I opened the door, and I was like, absolutely not. We are not going anywhere, little no. boy.
1: No. No. Okay, Hannah, go to bed. All right. You too. Bye I you. love you. See you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hannah, for having that conversation with me. Sorry I was so sleepy, everybody. But here's an interview where I'm much more awake. It's my friend Maria, who I met taking headshots of many years ago. I listen, you know, so um, (laughs) I kind of know where you are. Yeah. I'm always shocked when a friend tells me they listen. I'm like,
0: really? But sometimes when I listen, I talk, but you can't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, I should remember that. And then I forget. Oh, yeah. So that happens a lot. (laughs) Not like, you know, oh, she shouldn't do that. But, you know, sometimes it's just like,
1: oh, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about that. It's great. Yeah. Um, Maria has two kids and she's now a postpartum doula. So I asked her, what the hell does that mean? So my experience is really that postpartum can be very isolating Mm.
0: for new parents, even if they are not actually isolated. It just feel, it can just feel that way. A lot of people don't know really what to do. Like, like should I go over? Should I not go over? You know, no. can I bring them food? Should I not take them food? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And then now with COVID, it's really intensified. Yeah. So I feel like not all of my clients, but quite a few of my clients who I've been with more recently are feeling that really acutely, especially if their partner is working. Even if their partner is working from home, it's just one person in a house with a baby all day. Yeah, You lose sense of time, Yeah, forget to eat, and all of those things. So it can be really stressful. And you don't
1: have anything breaking it up because people aren't stopping by or coming in. You're not introducing – you're not showing the baby off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and even just that human interaction, it's so – Important. Like I had a uh, a friend who I worked with early on during this whole thing, and I worked with her remotely. So we checked in via video and text and stuff. And and especially earlier on, people were more hesitant to let people in to their homes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so it was like, why don't you plan like a Zoom wine night with your friends, so you can at least see some people and talk to them, you know, and not just be You and two kids in the house all day, and, you know, she lived in a place where she didn't feel as comfortable going out because there were a lot of people around who didn't wear masks and were kind of anti-mask, and, of course, Mm -hmm. she didn't want to go out without a mask, and, you know, you didn't feel that safe, really. So you're cooped up. Yeah. can drive you mad.
1: Well, yeah, it'll be good at my parents' house because my brother and his wife and their daughter live 15 minutes away, and... Um, they're very, they're very, very careful. So they, they're the only people that my parents really see, uh, right. have a lot of interaction with. And so they'll be there and I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll still be hardcore about it because yeah. that's them. So that'll be at least five people that I get to see. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah.
3: old up? Okay, but okay, so
1: I am a little less lost than I was when I first started talking to you, because I did talk to a friend who suggested um, like a midwifery practice over in Westchester County. Mm-hmm. And I read about them. They seem really cool. And they're they work with a hospital that has a really that they seem really cool. So I called them. Mm-hmm. And they got back to me yesterday. And this woman talked to me on the phone for, like, 25 minutes, which was which was awesome. So I might have a place already Great to do my stuff. But, like, how do people figure this stuff out? Like, how do they know what they yeah. want? I feel like because, like, my OB hasn't really – they've never given me any information. Maybe because they know I'm moving.
0: Maybe. Or they might just
1: – Assume so- I –
0: that you're just going to use them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you just, you just ask people, you know, yeah. and look around. So I had my kids at two different hospitals with two different doctor midwife groups. Uh-huh. And uh, they were very different. The first one had a way bigger, it was actually like the midwives I saw all the time. And the midwives were going to, you know, deliver my baby and everything. But it was very clinical, even for midwives. The second time I saw a midwife OB combo and I sort of saw them equally not uh-huh. an equal number of times and that OB was more midwifey than the midwives I had before oh. so you know her approach was just a lot of people you know you get recommendations you ask around and then you can interview people
1: I think cause and I, I don't really know anybody back in Westchester I mean yeah. I messaged the most crunchy girl I knew from high school and yeah. she's she's you know a business owner and she's like she's not yeah. that crunchy yeah <laughs> Um, um, but she, I mean, she, but that's the only person I thought of to message. Um, I don't yeah. know who else to ask, but. Well,
0: here's the thing too, is that like, I could ask on doula groups for you. Like, Hey, do y'all know
1: anyone? I'm going to write that down. Sure. And then that's another question is like, do I want or need a doula? hmm And that's do, torn. are they allowing doulas in hospitals? If I know I want my mom in the room.
0: It's hospital by hospital, mm. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that New York actually started allowing doulas back in uh, um, a, a little while ago. So okay. Governor Cuomo, I think, started doing that because there is a contingency of birth doulas, I mean all doulas, but you know, the focus is kind of for birth doulas here in LA who are trying to do the same thing and petitioning um, hospitals and Gavin Newsom to do the same kind of thing. And there are some, there are like a handful of hospitals in the LA area that now will allow doulas, but I don't know what the situation is in New York, but most of the hospitals here that are allowing doulas, I believe you have to be, well, at least like Cedars, I know you have to be a certified doula because really anyone could be a doula, but if you get certification through, there are different agencies. We're kind of really agencies, but like Dona is who I trained with. It's an international dou- doula organization. Okay. How do you spell so that? Just out of curiosity. D O N A. Okay. Yeah. And if you go to like Dona's website, you can find doulas. Okay. Yeah. And a doula it's, it's really a personal choice. And I would say, you know, if you feel pretty strongly that you want a doula, even if they're not allowing them in, you might want to talk to some doulas who are doing virtual support. Uh-huh. And that can even be helpful. So having someone come, they'll still meet with you and give you all of the tools and comfort measures and, you know, they can work with you and your mom together so that your mom could, you know, implement some of those during labor. And some of them will come to you up into the point like if you're having a hospital birth up into the point that you go to the hospital. Uh And then they're available via FaceTime or text or whatever. Yeah. And the midwife that I saw during my second pregnancy, I saw her a couple months ago. And she actually said that it's been great. Because more women are coming to the hospital ready to just push and have a baby so right. you're not there as long which is going to decrease the amount of interventions that you end up having right um, because their doulas are like getting them ready and then they get to a point where they're like okay I gotta go like we gotta go do this
1: okay cool and then
0: Interesting. Just, like, you get there you have your baby one thing that is happening at most hospitals again things could change by March is that when your support person goes in with you they can't leave and come back
1: so if your mom goes with you she has to stay there the whole time that's what I heard from yeah. the lady on the phone yesterday. Yeah. yeah, but I did hear that the hospital does serve the partner or whoever's there with you. They then food they they give you oh, both good. meals. Good. <laughs> so <Yeah>. that's good. <laughs> but um, that's really good. Yeah. So you can't have like a visitor. You know, my dad couldn't pop in. <laughs> no. No. Did I think my faith. dad wants to be in the room more than my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should swap. <laughs> they can't do that though, right? No, no, they can't. So I
0: mean, maybe like they, before you go in, he should be the person. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to have to duke it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird time, but it's a personal thing. You know, I didn't have a birth doula, but I'm a little bit weirdly private in that way. Mm. I wanted to try to have as few people in the room as possible. Mm. I did, however, between my first and second birth have a doula come to our house because I had a V back with my second birth. And so, for the
1: listeners, oh, yes, uh, I know what it is, everyone. Cesarean.
0: Say what? <laughs> vaginal birth after cesarean. Oh, you do your Molly thing, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not doing it. You did it. Okay, you yes, just did it. I just it.
0: did it. There you go. <laughs> and I had some anxiety about that and had some trauma and probably some PTSD for my first experience. So she came over and Just sort of helped me feel like, oh, yeah, I know what I can say yes and no to and feeling more empowered about my choices and going in to have a baby the second time. And I think it helped a lot psychologically. So,
1: Mm. yeah. Are you sitting on a bouncy ball? I am. Do I bounce from time to time? I like (laughs) it. Every now and again.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man. So last week I heard you talk about um, the birth plan, right? Like, right. do I have a birth plan? Do I not have a birth plan? And I think you got pretty good advice, which was, like, be flexible. Right. Because it's important. I actually would encourage anyone to also <clears throat> create a C-section plan just in case. Like, if you have to have one, Try to make it what you want it to be. You can request things like some hospitals will do a clear curtain so that you can actually see the baby come out. Some hospitals, you can say like, I don't want talking in the room unless it's medical, like about what's actually happening. Or um, I want this music to play during, you know, like, and then you can still make it more of your birth experience.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, That's good advice. I have a question about Um, Mm C-sections. There's this guy on Instagram. I don't know what his name is. Look, his Instagram account used to be Fertilugo, but I can't find that anymore. So there's one that's very similar to his. It's E-obstetrics and gynecology. That might be him, but I don't know. Maybe he's on the lam. And he does these incredibly peaceful Mm C-sections. And he just does a, a... Slice lice and and then and pulls the baby out like it's almost like a regular like a vaginal birth and I, in my yeah. mind a c-section you know a curtain and they're pulling your guts out and moving yeah. things around outside of your body and then taking the baby out so how do I get what he does <laughs> yeah so it's the, there is a term it's a gentle
0: cesarean oh okay ha- okay cool so and that's it you can ask so you can ask at the hospital like if I have to have now if there's an emergency situation right then they're just going to take you in and do what they need to do. But all of the planning is like in, in my ideal situation, this is what I would like, you know? And yeah, it's kind of surprising how small a C-section scar actually is. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that they want pressure just like a vaginal delivery because it helps stimulate the lungs Ah, baby's being born right that those contractions as the baby's coming through the birth canal oh. help to stimulate the lungs. That's my understanding of it. But again, I'm not a doctor. So
1: Maybe I will do a a cutaway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to get too crazy into detail because this is all good stuff for next season. But wet lungs is a respiratory disorder in a newborn. Soon after the birth, your newborn might have a weak cry and fast labored breathing. It's caused by extra amniotic fluid in the lungs. During vaginal delivery, pressure on the newborn's chest squeezes fluid out of the baby's lungs. Hormones released during birth trigger cells in the baby's lungs to also quickly absorb the fluid. Risk factors include delivered by C-section, born smaller than expected, or the mother has diabetes or asthma. Now, back to natural cesarean. Um, I'm so excited that that's a name that that I can look into. Yeah. yeah I thought it was just like a particular to him. No,
0: I mean, and you can you can ask for it and if it's and some hospitals might be more willing to do more or fewer of the things that you actually ask for with it mm-hmm. but it is a thing yeah okay. it is a thing and do you do you always have to have that curtain up <laughs> no nope. some hospitals will put up a clear curtain i don't know if there are hospitals that will do no curtain i don't really know i'm sure it's a i'm sure it has to do with like contamination and things like that mm, okay but yeah he, i'm like, going to send you
1: this guy's instagram because he it's so yeah. beautiful these these birds and then he puts them straight there's no curtain and he puts them straight on the mama.
0: Yeah. So that's another thing you could ask for in a in a C section? Mhm. Oh, you could cool. ask for immediate skin to skin. You can still ask for delayed cord clamping. So these are all things you can ask for.
1: We don't know yet about delayed cord clamping. I I was assuming I would get into all of this stuff some uh, in the future, but should we mm-hmm. should you tell us? I just read about it.
0: It's about giving the um, placenta enough time that like all the blood that's in the umbilical cord goes into baby before the cord is cut yeah and you know there are m- mixed feelings out
1: there in opinion we do a whole episode about that specifically
0: yeah there are some people actually if you look into it who don't cut the cord at all and they will create like a it looks like potpourri. It's not potpourri, but they'll create like herbs and like a little thing that the placenta just sort of sits on and stays attached to the baby until it sort of shrivels on its own. Wow. For yeah. days?
1: Yeah. Then you carry wow. the baby and the placenta <laughs> It's like a little colostomy bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. But nothing's
0: going into it. It's oh, my just... God. That's so interesting.
1: Well, what do you know about um, prenatal exercise and nutrition?
0: exercise, unless you're told, unless you're told otherwise by your doctor, you can do kind of anything. Yeah, I really love doing prenatal yoga. I think it's really good. I think anything that gets you really in your body is good. I think body work in general is really good when you're pregnant. So chiropractic. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you can get massages, if you I mean, if you go to a chiropractor, you want to make sure you go to someone who specifically can work on pregnant women, yeah, acupuncture, like all of it can really be incredibly beneficial. Chiropractic, I think can be really helpful, because it just helps keep things kind of open. And yoga does the same thing. And a lot of times, if you're in a good prenatal, I mean, you can be in any, you can go to any yoga class, you don't have to go to prenatal yoga. Um, Any yoga teacher, if you just tell them you're pregnant, will tell you like, there are things you shouldn't do.
1: No twists. no upside down yeah what uh, else? you can go you can, you can? You can go upside down mm-hmm. yeah no deep twists mm. so
0: there are there's like some twisting you can do yeah okay but prenatal yoga also tends like if you specifically go to prenatal yoga it's helpful because you know there are other pregnant people in the class so you can talk to them you talk to them yeah but not and if then, you're doing
1: an online one
0: yeah yeah I guess so but usually you can still ask questions mm. and things like that and then I mean if it's like a, like a live like a zoom mm-hmm. thing as supposed to yeah And then um, at least in the prenatal classes, I've taken a lot of the techniques and exercises are specifically like, okay, we're going to like do things that you could also do if you're in labor. Some things are like about building stamina, like, okay, contraction, we're going to say it, you know, three minutes, you're going to like build your stamina. So for three minutes, you're going to do a wall sit
1: Oh, my God. I'll just try to
0: breathe <laughs> through the pain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Because that's what you do. You just try to breathe through the pain. Yeah. You know, like move through it. Um, so it helps you figure out like what's comfortable in your body too for all of that. Okay. But anything is, you know, walking. I hiked with my first pregnancy into like 36 weeks. And then I was just like, this is just.
1: Yeah. Can't do it anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> walking is great. I think things especially that help keep your body
1: Loose, moving around, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's been hard with the smoke. I haven't been able to move at all, but um, uh-huh. I did do some exercises that you know, some random baby app mm-hmm. <laughs> exercise app, and. I got nervous this morning because I woke up really sore in my ab area. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this can't be good. I th-
3: there,
0: You can still do like certain abdominal exercises. If I feel like if they were in a,
1: a baby th- pregnancy
0: app. app. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to tell know, me things like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, or, like hurt your baby. Yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe nervous, but okay.
0: But exercise is good. And usually it sort of like lulls your baby to sleep anyway.
1: Most- oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And then nutrition. Yeah.
0: I just got a little visitor.
1: Hello, visitor. This is Roxy. Hi, Roxy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 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 Hi, sweetheart. She just woke up. Hello. I'm gonna. I'm gonna boober. Oh, nice. Good. But here's what I want to ask you about nutrition. Yeah. I. I've been eating probably too much ice cream. <laughs> like I have yeah. a pretty good diet and I get a lot of the things. I think I get a lot of the, the protein and the, and the nutrients that I need. But yeah. like I just have this, you know, after dinner need for ice cream or something that's not yeah. good for me. And people keep telling me, oh, it's just it's fine in moderation. But I don't know what moderation is. You know, if you don't have uh, like if you don't have
0: gestational diabetes, yeah, it's fine. The the problem with I know, it's like what does that mean? But yeah, like ice cream every night. I mean, I don't know. I feel like pregnant women always do this kind of stuff. You know, it's like you have your cravings. I drank so much Coca Cola with my first pregnancy. You that did? was my only craving was Coca Cola. And it's like the one of the worst things for you. <laughs> and I needed to have it and I need it from I don't I only like it from the fountain. I don't like it in a bottle or a can. Oh my god. So it was like the poor like corn syrup. There was no like Mexican Coke with sugar. Right. And I would go to like Seven Eleven and get a big gulp. Oh my God. And I would be so happy. Oh my God. <laughs> it was not a problem. <laughs> Manage. I mean, if you're like super freaked out about it, you know, you could always go get like a glucometer and you could check your blood sugar. But if I don't know, I feel like if you're eating all the stuff, you know, it's like, Protein balances out sugar and carbs to some extent within your, you know. So the thing is, too, and I think that your your uh, doctor said this at one point like the, the baby's just going to take everything from you. Right, right, right. So really, you're the one that's going to suffer nutritionally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because whatever good stuff <laughs> is in there, that baby's just going to like suck get it, it all. Out. Yeah, yeah. Take what they need. And so, as a postpartum dealer, are you also helping with breastfeeding? Yeah. So that, that tends to be a huge part of it,
0: actually. Yeah. I am actually working towards also becoming a, a lactation consultant. Uh-huh. So that was what kind of got me into the postpartum doula world, too. I had some struggles with Beatrice, um, just like pain mm-hmm. thing, and had a really good lactation consultant at the hospital who just sort of like put things in perspective for me. Mm. And so then after like a couple months after having her, I was like, you know what? I think I actually want to go into lactation. Yeah. And it's a very long journey for me because I studied acting forever. So I don't have like, even from a million years ago when I was in college, I don't have all the like, I didn't take biology. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of that stuff. So um, I have to do all these prerequisites before I can even, like, start that journey. So I've been back in school. Like, I'm taking a sociology class right now. Oh, wow. And uh, then along that journey of, like, taking classes and stuff, I had Roxy. And it was really different after my second. I felt like we had way less support. Mm. And I don't know if friends were just like, oh, they've got this. They already have one, you know. Or it was also December, so I don't know if people were like, oh, the holidays, like we're going out of town, you know. Um, Yeah. And then we also had a toddler at home, so I think we felt it a lot. You know, it was a big shift. And then I was sort of Googling around and found Dona's website, and I was like, oh, postpartum doula, yeah. That's probably what I should have had. (laughs) Ah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a lot of, even the training, a lot of the training focuses on breastfeeding. Cause it's a, it's a big one, you know, it's the kind of thing and you hear people and this will come up like it, it is natural. It is biologically a very natural process, but that doesn't mean that people don't need help with it or know how to do it. Like babies don't even really, they don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, they don't know anything. Yeah. They've never eaten before. They've never pooped before. They've never, you know, like they really don't know anything. Yeah. They've never even like, taking in oxygen into their lungs before they're born, you know? So that is a big part of it. And I've had some clients where it's, like, no problem. It's super easy. But a lot more clients where there's an issue somewhere. Either there's some sort of tongue or lip tie with the baby, you know, or problems latching, or they're having milk supply issues. And the truth is that OBs know very little about breastfeeding. Uh pediatricians know very little about breastfeeding. So you kind of have to go to outside help. Mm -hmm. And postpartum doulas can help like to an extent, you know, we know a lot of different breastfeeding positions and try to keep you on schedule with nursing and can troubleshoot to an extent. And then you got to call in a lactation consultant because I've even had clients who like their midwives and lactation consultants are in conflict about, you know, I'm like, go with the lactation consultant, Mm. (laughs) you know, sorry, midwife. And I'm not saying that you don't have breastfeeding knowledge, but like, you don't go to like a knee doctor when you need heart surgery. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a huge part of it.
1: Okay. Is there anything you can do for to prepare your nipples for the pain <laughs> before, like, like even while you're pregnant, like nipple clamps? <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I have heard people say things. Oh,
0: oh, take some sandpaper to them. No, like, so crazy. Don't do that. That sounds horrible. Oh no. Uh, and the pain varies. Like it, it really varies. Yeah. So there are some people that like they just don't. Maybe just a little discomfort at first. Some people experience more pain until their nipples kind of toughen up. Mm. If you're experiencing pain, it's like consistent and it goes on for a long time or like every time baby latches, then usually there's a different issue going on. Uh
1: Do you think women who have uh, less nipple sensitivity sexually will have less nipple sensitivity (laughs) breastfeeding? (laughs) Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) A friend named Molly. (laughs) She is named Molly. That's weird. I never realized that.
0: Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you have fewer, like, if your nerve endings aren't as close to the skin, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) There's not a lot of research in general on breastfeeding, on breast milk, on any of it. Like, Mm. it just doesn't get studied. so strange.
1: It is strange. You know? It's yeah has been around since humanity has been around mm-hmm. so that's just yeah. very odd
0: yeah I don't know that there's too much you can really do to I mean a, a breastfeeding class helps yeah it, it's good I recommend that everyone take a breastfeeding class because troubles can happen for anyone but it it, it really does help you kind of look out for what kind of troubles could pop up too
1: uh-huh.
0: and other than that if all is going well in terms of latch and everything the keys to breastfeeding success are hydration calories you got to eat to make milk and feeding on demand so whenever your baby's hungry you feed your baby kind of, those are the keys assuming that there's nothing else going on a good part of my work is just that like here's more water. Here's more water. Yeah. You know, like I've eaten today. All right. I'm going to go make you something to eat because you need to eat. You gotta, you gotta keep the energy up, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that I actually really love about the postpartum doula work is that I love babies, but everyone is interested in the baby. You know, it's all about the baby and, um, the parents really, they need a lot more. The baby's going to be fine. (laughs) You know, people are taking care of the baby, but no one's taking care of the parents, and they really need it. If people need a postpartum
1: doula, can they hit you up? Yeah.
0: How did Um, they find you? I'm still working on that website, but I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Maria. Wait, one more time. What is it?
1: Maria P. (laughs) Doula?
0: Maria P. Doula. Yeah. Okay. D O
1: U L A Doula. Okay. Yeah. And you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I serve the greater LA area. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Maria. Um, Thanks, Molly. Have a good one. I'll see you soon. Thank you again, Maria, for all of your help, folks. Don't forget if you want to find Maria on Instagram or Facebook, if you're looking for a postpartum doula, go to Maria P. Doula D O U L A. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to finally be at season four, finally done with season three. It felt like a lifetime, and I'm so ready to leave it behind. (laughs) Oh my god. What are we going to have in season four? Your guess is as good as mine, because I have not planned anything. And uh, yeah, if there's anything that you want to hear next season, don't forget to email me at spermcast at gmail If you want to support the show with your money and your love, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and sign up for $2 or more each month. And you'll have access to all kinds of fun things on Patreon that's already posted and things that I'm going to post still. Want to just support the podcast with just a couple bucks? You can also Venmo, Molly hyphen, Hockey. Another way to support the podcast is by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts and how else? Oh, you can share it with all your friends. You could share it on the internet, on social media. You could text a friend and be like, dude, you have to listen to this episode. It's so you. <laughs> if you're interested in fertility consultations, email me at spermcast at gmail.com and I'll give you all of the information about that if you want to leave a voicemail or text me. It's 323-741-1818. And I think that's it for now. Love you very much. Don't forget to go to vote.org and make sure you're registered. And if you're if your early voting is already open in your state, go do it now, baby. All right. I love you. Have a great day. You could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. I just
0: And Eureos production
1: powered by ACAST.
3: Hold up.